I would like to show my respect and acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which these interviews take place. I would also like to respectfully acknowledge the Wangal people, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I live and work. You know, there are many reasons why a senior will learn to use the computer. It could be because son or daughter have given them a, a cast-off a computer or, or de- mobile device because they've upgraded. Uh, and uh, this person will come to the club and they'll say, my son or daughter is very, very clever, but they're very busy. And then they pause and they say, can you show me how to turn it on? I'm Prema, the host of this podcast, What Can We Do? In each episode, I speak to someone or an organisation that's making impact. You will learn about the issue why it exists, the challenges, but most importantly, how you can be a part of the solution. My hope is that you can take away two to three tips each episode that will support you in your helping journey. Today I have with me Nan Bosler, who is the Emeritus President of Australian Seniors Computer Club Association. Hi, well, my name is Nan Bosler and I am very, very much involved in my community. I am the Emeritus President of ASCA. I'm also the founder of ASCA. Uh, And uh, that was some 23 years ago. And I'll happily tell you a little bit about that. But I am incredibly anxious to always do what is needed in the community. One thing leads to another, doesn't it? And um, the community is a wonderful thing. And I'm very, very proud of the community I live in. Looks like I'm speaking to the best person, the founder of ASCA. Why was ASCA set up? Well, it's an interesting story. I was first involved in computers all back in the 1980s. Somebody walked into my office. I was the manager of the Narrabeen Community Learning Centre and said, do you think there'd be any interest in seniors learning? No, any interest in adults learning how to use a computer? Of course, you can imagine the questions that followed. Do you have the computers? Would you be the tutor? Have you had experience? Uh, How much would it cost? Well, after a fairly long discussion, uh, the decision was made that I would store the computers, I would organise the classes, and we would start in four weeks' time. They were very successful. Now, I also ran a lot of holiday programs for children, and um, I decided I would add another program for teenagers on how to use a computer. A lady contacted me and said she would like a a position in that course for her son. He was 18 and was in a wheelchair. Then at the end of the course, the mother rushed into my office and she started to refusely thank me for the course because she said, at last, my son can see a reason to live. He now can see there's something for him to do after he leaves school. I was beginning to understand, get just a little glimpse of what value technology could be for a person with special needs. Eventually, I uh, became involved in a little a little club called uh, uh, Computer Pals. My life had changed considerably because I had become a carer. My husband had had a major stroke. And uh, I was still at work because my wonderful family doctor had said, look, you owe it to Bill. He could potter around a little bit for a while. 
you owe it to him to become as independent as he possibly can. He, he also said to me, you'll know when you have to leave work and be with him full time. Anyhow, Miss Chappie, Wall, said to me, oh, I see you're going to retire. And he had seen the computer on my desk and he said, why don't you join our group when you retire? Well, I did. And that was in uh, August of um, 1996. And I said, I like this idea of teaching seniors how to use a computer. I'd like to try and turn it into a national organisation. Far too quickly, they accepted my conditions and I became president. So that, that's virtually sort of how it, it began. We became an incorporated association in 1998. 2001, we became a company limited by guarantee and a public benevolent institution and the national peak body for seniors and technology. What does ASCA do? So when you say ASCA is the national peak body for uh, seniors who are learning technology, what are some of the services that ASCA provides? Well, we have clubs throughout Australia. Uh, actually, in the, in the uh, International Year of Older Persons, I actually got a grant to enable me to publish a manual that I'd written to help a community to start a computer club. Uh, and the post cost of postage to send it to every local government uh, area in New South Wales. And, and so we began sort of talking with community groups, sort of explaining what sort of activities they could do if they could use a computer, what sort of benefit was going to have. And we gradually sort of built clubs across New South Wales and then started to spread them across Australia. The idea is that Seniors need to learn in a non-threatening, friendly environment. They thrive if they learn at their own pace. And there is just so much that they can do if they learn to use a computer. They can start, and of course, we didn't have the emails to start with. They were a little bit further on. Uh, but uh, someone who joins a computer club at the moment can uh, learn how to use emails how to explore the internet, uh, how to uh, exchange photos with family and friends. And you, we have no idea how valuable it's been during this COVID-19 pandemic. By being able to use a computer, or those seniors who can use a computer, we've been able to keep in touch with family and community. We've been able to join in events with family and friends. We've been able to uh, safely purchase groceries online and other essentials and have them delivered to home. We can do all these things. We can keep in touch with our doctors with, through telehealth. It has made an incredible difference to our lifestyle. But it, we've been able to keep in touch with people. So it hasn't had that loneliness of being isolated in a house by yourselves. And many of us live alone. ASCA's always been determined to help people learn how to use technology. We know that the internet's too good to miss, but we are aware that there are also dangers. And we want seniors to be confident users of the internet, but aware users. With COVID-19, did you find that ASCA's relevance 
increased and were more people were more patrons coming to these computer community computer clubs it came far became far more important uh, but it also made quite a difference for aska too because instead of having an office in the city where people could come and do classes and things like that we uh, we changed a lot i mean okay our mission has been to empower seniors through technology for 23 years and we've supported clubs around australia uh, in order to help educate older australians uh, by using technology to enrich their lives and to help them become more self-reliant but with this uh, pandemic we actually transitioned more to a digital space and i suppose after these last over these last two years we've been doing things a little differently still providing support to all of those affiliated clubs and their members but to the end we're developing uh, a new website with access to all sorts of current resources uh, both within asker and from other organizations that are already doing it so well our relationship with be connected continues it's in their fifth year now and we're developing opportunities for training for digital mentors covering the whole of australia our lead mentor um, delivers training and support virtually via scoom with uh, or any other platform they may want to use in small group discussions and people from all walks of life are becoming digital mentors in some form or another and this training with access to the learning portals empowers them to provide the best possible support to those who are be- who are just beginning mentoring they can mentor friends family colleagues club members patients and so on this covid situation has made it obvious that there are people especially seniors who feel disconnected and to this end ask us working on new motivation a motivative bottom buddy model for these people who have now sort of feels totally disconnected uh clubs active and and highly sort of thought over clubs throughout new south wales and the other parts of australia have been selected to be part of this buddy system and they're going to provide support to inquirers by becoming a buddy and being responsive to whatever the needs are of those um those contacting them so by forming by helping these mentors to actually become familiar with what resources are available and allowing other people to contact them we hope to spread it even further and the clubs are doing a fantastic job particularly those clubs that kept closely in touch with all of their members during this terrible last couple of years by sending lots of newsletters lots of ideas of things they can do little competitions like uh, the photo of the best nasturtium you can draw you can grow or silly things like that just to keep the fun in it just to keep the community involvement in it and uh, those clubs are now slowly beginning to actually start face to face lessons again but i think that most clubs will continue to have programs with uh, with zoom or other platforms as part of their overall programs it's just technology taking another step mm-hmm. what are some of the changes you've observed um either at the community club level or in broader conversation when it comes to talking about seniors in technology 
Do you know, one of the nicest things I have noticed, that there is so much obvious care among community members. Uh, and, and club members, I'm getting emails or I'm getting phone calls from people saying, just checking up to make sure you're all right, man. And that's lovely. That's nice. The NBA network's been quite a lifelong for Australians, particularly older people. Do you know what? I actually had two new great-grandsons presented to me by the NBN network. <laughs> now, one of them, little Oliver, was born right at the beginning of the pandemic. But, of course, luckily, I was shared with lots and lots of photographs and all the rest of it. So there was one lovely photo that arrived on my screen one day. And I actually... <sighs> I put my figure forward because his little hand was was up beside his head. Uh, and I, I put my figure on the monitor right where his little hand was, closed my eyes, and I could imagine him actually gripping my finger. What you have said is so relevant, though. It's given us a chance to connect on a level that we've never been able to connect. I have a grandmother who lives in India and that's how I connect with her uh, over technology because I haven't been mm. able to see her for many years. Mm. Uh, and I wouldn't, I don't know what I would do otherwise, right? You wouldn't see this person for a long time. You'd lose touch. And yeah, it's given us a real opportunity, I think. And everyone's kind of noticed, any, anyone who's had the benefit of access to technology has noticed that. And so you have found that the, re, the re, interaction you can have with your grandmother via the internet is something very special. Yes, exactly. It is, it is special. It is special. You, you know, there are many reasons why a senior will learn to use the computer. It could be because son or daughter have given them a, uh, a cast-off uh, computer or, or de mobile device because they've upgraded. Uh, and uh, this person will come to the club and they'll say, my son or daughter is very, very clever, but they're very busy. And then they pause and they say, can you show me how to turn it on? Someone else might come. And just as you have discovered the value of interaction with your grandmother, they will say, oh, my family's gone to Melbourne to live. I know there's something I can do to keep in touch. Email? Oh, yeah, email again. Can you show me how to do that? And, and Aska is well-placed, I guess, to, to support that. Um, can I ask, what are some of the assumptions society makes when we talk about technology and seniors? Well, they actually sort of throw their hands up in horror and think, huh, older people can't use a computer? Rubbish. Age has very little to do with it. <laughs> You'll get me on the soapbox in a minute. <laughs> no. no pe people do consider that older people cannot do things. They don't realise we've been doing things long, long before they're even born. Yes. It, is it is frustrating to think that they consider older people as being unable to learn new things. We can do many things. Some things they have taught us, but how many things have we taught them? <laughs> no. Older people can use technology. And younger people are beginning to accept and understand that perhaps we really can. When an older person receives a device, 
majority of the time, it's a cast off device from a family member. What prevents a senior person from learning technology? Is it fear? It can be fear. Uh, Most seniors are wary of change. Um, We don't like new things very much. Probably when we got our first microwave, we, we held the manual in our hands every time we used it for the first three or four weeks. All of us, I, I admit it myself, I, I'm a little bit wary of, of new things. But once you become used to them, or once you've had it clearly spelled out to you just how to use it, you suddenly realise, well, it's not very difficult after all. After all, I can tune in a radio station. Why can't I do this? And so once you accept that, you're fine. But we do need to learn in a friendly, non-threatening environment. And most of all, we learn at our own pace. So we can't be rushed. And sometimes if an older person is trying to learn from a younger person, there's the challenge because the younger person says, oh, look, it's easy to do. Look, you just do this. this." And you think, what did you just do? (laughs) Take it slowly. Oh, Nana. You test this and you do that. And then you do this. Then you do, huh? Slow down. Tell us clearly. And it's rather good if we have a few notes. Now, we find that if, if we are teaching someone how to use something new, it's very good if we prepare some very simple notes to start with. Very simple uh, and clear. So they can, they can take it step by step while you're teaching them. But once you've gone away and they're doing it themselves, they've now got those notes that they can think, right, do I hit that key first or this one? Ah, that one. They've got the notes. Not too long. I'll forget about the notes. They'll just be doing it automatically. But we like the notes as a reference. We like instructions to be clear, straightforward not too fast. What are some of the challenges ASCA faces in doing the work it does and in, and in its advocacy work? Funding is always a problem. ASCA has never had any core funding. Uh, so we work very, very much with volunteers. All of our club um, trainers and such like are all volunteers. Uh, but uh, we do have some personnel, of course, that we need to employ. So funding is a bit of a problem. More funding, we could do a lot more work. But uh, I think the main problem is actually getting the opportunity to talk with people and explain to them how simple it really is. So that's why it's important if we could get the message out there that if you have a problem and you'd like to learn how to use a computer, uh, if you have an organisation and a lot of members that you know would would, uh, greatly benefit by using technology, uh, contact ASCA and see how we can help you. Technology was absolutely a boon to so many community organisations to suddenly find they could streamline what they were doing, whether it was a a surf life-saving club or a a bushwalking group or a seniors computer club. It makes a big difference. Are computer clubs that work with ASCA, are they across Australia? Yes, they are. Northern Territory, Western Australia, South Australia, Tasmania, Mm. Queensland, Victoria, New South Wales, every state. Oh, and the ACT, let's not forget ACT. No, right across Australia. 
And I guess when the organization started in 1998, and then when we flash forward to today, uh, the Australian community looks very different. It's, it's, it's evolved. And also I would think the cultural diversity of, of seniors has also changed. Um, so how has ASCA kind of uh, worked with those changes and evolution? We just move with the times. If, if an organization doesn't move with the times, it will die. It needs to be aware of the community around it. We uh, are keen to do a lot more work with Indigenous people, with uh, people from non-English-speaking backgrounds. It, it makes no difference. We are all seniors. We're all Australians. Uh, and we just want to work together. And the fact that it's been 23 years, we've just been moving year by year. Different needs require different remedies. And we have a strategic planning meeting each year and we look at the needs that aren't being met and how can we meet them? It looks like you're well-placed for change as an organisation, which is wonderful to hear because I'm guessing technology is also changing at a breakneck speed. Um, you said that one of the challenges is is funding. Does ASCA accept donations? Uh, does it do any fundraising? Yes, we do accept uh, donations. We're tax deductibility too. So as, as a public benevolent institution, we have that tax deductibility. So yes, we're always grateful for sponsors. Very, very grateful for sponsors. Uh, we do uh, apply for funding, all sorts of project funding, and we're very successful at that. Uh, but there's all, always that little extra you could do if you had a little bit more. But we won't let money get in the way of helping other seniors. It's too important. That's good to hear. And as a last question I want to ask, why is ASCA's work important? That, that's a good question. One I hadn't actually sort of thought of, but, but I really think it's, it's important because our objective has always been to empower seniors through technology. So I think that's what the most important thing was to, to empower us, whether it's, whether it's undertaking online learning. Now, I, I did a distance learning university course back in 1991. Now, at that stage, there was no internet or there was, but there wasn't for the general public. Uh, there were no email connections or anything like that. So we would get a box of books relating to that course sent to us from the library at the university to our home address. Now, the first assignments were due before the first box arrived. We had no contact with our, our, our lecturers, except by the written word. And the only time we met face-to-face -face was a four-day workshop once a year. All right, run back or run forward quite a few years. I did another online course in 2017. It was all online. We, uh, there was a Facebook page set up by the students in each unit. Um, we if someone sort of had a question, they'd say, I can't remember the date we have to have this next assignment in, and someone would come back with the answer quickly. But if someone would say, oh, I'm finding this too hard, I, I, I don't think I can continue, within seconds, there would be messages left, right and centre. Don't give up. You've done a good job so far. You can still do it. Let me help you. It's so much help, so much support. <laughs> it was amazing. And we had face-to-face uh, -face 
not face-to-face, but Zoom-to-face sessions with with lecturers, it was a totally different thing. And we could undertake on uh, distance learning in ways we never thought possible until we'd become quite comfortable with computer technology. Amazing. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or follow it on social media. Your support will help this podcast reach more listeners. This podcast is produced by Samoha Media.